I was like, I stand Will a little bit, just this one time. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Glee on the Rocks. I'm B. I'm Mandy. And today we're talking about uh, uh, season four, episode 16, Feud. Oh my God, isn't this a precursor to Ryan Murphy doing his like other thing? Anyways. Oh, wait, I bet it is. <laughs> wait, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read the an abbreviated version of Glee Wiki's um, summary for you guys. Feud premiered on March 14th, 2013. For the first time in Glee Club history, the students give the teachers an assignment, feud. Uh, as the episode goes on, more feuds develop between Ryder and Unique and also between Blaine and Sue. Ryder, with a new online love interest, is asked to back off Marley as he ruined her and Jake's relationship. Unique also has problems with people identifying her as a boy, uh, just Ryder, not people, just Ryder, identifying her as yeah. a boy, while Sue is determined to force Blaine back into the Cheerios to help her win upcoming regionals. In New York, Santana digs out Brody's secret, turning out he isn't who he really said he was. Uh, that Whoa, sounds bad. Shocker. shocker. Um, this episode is directed by Bradley Buecher and written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Okay, so a lot of stuff there about people we don't really care about. Where was Kurt? I was sad. <laughs> yeah, really like needed some Kurt in this episode. I think that would have improved things a lot. I mean, honestly, I could give a long list of what would improve things a lot. It, I think we're both in agreement. This was not like the most interesting episode. No, it's like two of the plots here are like wrap up plots. Two of the plots are kind of starting plots to some more storylines. All of them are categorically not good. Like, yeah. Just like stigmatizing, boring. Apathy is the best emotion I feel towards a plot line in this episode. Oh, we're going to have to dig deep for that thing I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so overall impressions, not the best episode ever. Especially after some of the ones we just had. Like, there were some good episodes. And yes. now, here we are. Yeah. It is Glee, and we ride the roller coaster. Just like down. we did many years ago. Exactly. Um, we were having flashbacks to watching this live. This was this was right around the time I started getting really not not yeah. okay with, with Glee, like just utter disappointment. I mean, and it wasn't I even plain; it was just the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not generally a spoilers fan. Like, I enjoy watching things like as presented for the first time. But I think this is around when I just started looking for like every spoiler possible. Right. Just, like, just tell me what's gonna happen. I need to be prepared. <laughs> yes. And I, I always want to find like solace in the songs, but there were some out there mashups yeah. in this episode. And I guess we, it's a, to be expected. Like the whole, all these songs are theming around a feud between two famous singers, which I didn't mm -hmm. even know half of these feuds existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like even, even less reason than usual that they have to mash up songs. Like usually the mashups are like thematically similar or lyrically similar. And here we're just literally clashing 
two artists against each other. Yeah, they're um, not good. There's only one in here I would say is like maybe a good mashup, which I guess we'll get to that when we discuss the songs. I was but... to say, I'm trying to guess which one you're going to pick. Don't tell me yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's pick our poison. Do we want to go New York first or Lima first? Let's do Lima first because it is, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like it'll end the episode on a slightly more positive note to do sure. New York. Talk about, yeah, for Santana's song. I like yeah. where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody already knows our favorite song from this yep. episode. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the lesbians are in control today. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so over in Lima, um, and in case anyone forgot, how could you, Finn kissed Emma right before her wedding then Emma freaked out left Will at the altar and in the last episode Finn finally told him uh that he did that so um the episode opens with what I thought was really funny actually was Will kind of making Finn his bitch making him like go get lattes and pick up the dry cleaning and then complains that like it's not clean enough for like like, I mean nothing Finn does is right um it felt um it, it, i was like i stand will a little bit just this one time just this I, one. i'll never this was say funny it, and i've never said it before that was funny um and it culminates in the glee club setting down finn and will their two choir directors and saying you guys have to do an assignment which is feud so they have to pick two songs from two feuding um music acts and sing a mashup I like how um in this part Tina acknowledges that regionals are coming up soon, and like okay. it does make sense. Yeah, you need your your like teachers yeah, not fighting, but also is there any regionals prep happening? Oh, I was gonna say this is that time dilation part of the seasons because yeah. we just had um what was it Valentine's Day episode yeah. basically on Valentine's Day, and now regionals is coming up, but it's gonna be in like six episodes from now. Yeah. When they should have already had regionals and been going to nationals. So I mean, it, literally, it's the time dilation thing. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. It's Timeline like does not to, hold up. Yes, they're trying to put in some bookmarks of like, this is where we're at in time. But it's like, regionals are coming up soon. We've been saying that <laughs> since sectionals, which was like eight episodes ago or something. So, um, so Finn and Will do decide on a song. Um, and they sing... Bye bye bye, slash I want it that way from NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, which spoke to my childhood. I was like, oh. That's literally the song that I was going to be like is the only mashup that I thought. I agree kind of. with that. That's what I thought yeah. you were going to say because it truly is the only one that like mashes up pretty yeah. well. And also Even- like it does, I mean, maybe this is just like an age thing, but I didn't know the other mashups were even feuds. 
But I remember in yeah. Sync and Backstreet Boys going like head to head in the charts and stuff. Exactly. Like choosing between um, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys was like choosing between like Auburn and Alabama. Like you can't be neutral and you can't like both. Like you had yeah. to be team one or the other back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I don't know what year it was. I don't want to know. I'm old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was an NSYNC girl. What about you, Mandy? I was not a boy band fan. You have I, to be abs- <laughs> I abstained. I will say the only reason I would say in sync is because, and here we go. This is some like early teens logic. Um, Lance Bass is from Mississippi. He went to mm. Clinton High School, and a friend of mine had his old locker. <gasps> Whoa! He carved his name in it. He carved. Uh, I was gonna say, how did she know? Oh my god! Yeah. Wait, so I- there we go. That was my that was my deep connection to Lance Bass and why. Okay. If forced to, I would say in sync. This totally but it had nothing sense. to do with the music. <laughs> yeah. This also, totally- I want to I want to say it was just like a gut feeling of like gay sees gay. But- no, yeah, I was about to say he totally comes across as like a deep south gay. Like that totally yes. makes sense to me. Oh my god. Yep. Wow, that's true. Yeah, in sync at the gay one and the gay ones are multiple of them gay. I don't know. Um, I think just one. Unless I'm, like, way behind on coming out. I don't know. Everything before, like, the internet was ubiquitous is so fuzzy to me. And it's because now I know everything because I can Google it. (laughs) But back then, I just, like, vaguely knew a lot of things. And so, yeah. Um, The way that they filmed or edited or both this mashup for Finn and Will was so interesting yeah. Did you watch it? It was like, because, you know, I kind of like walk away and do stuff and like come back. But it was like they were cutting between both of them performing individually, but then also both of them performing together on the stage and then also them fighting each other on the stage <laughs> and then also them hugging. But then they didn't actually hug or something. Huh. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> I need to watch it again because, like, I feel like I was, like, halfway paying attention. But, yeah. No, I did the thing where I listened to it and then I was like, oh, I should actually watch it for the pod. And so I backed up and then I was like, wait. Because there was definitely a part where Finn was, like, off stage, like, glaring at Will performing. And then Mm -hmm. they were also on stage performing together and then they were also fighting. So... You know, so they really just were like, let's throw every angle at it. Right. Maybe the fighting was the fantasy. Like Glee does that sometimes where it's like the performance yeah. and the fantasy. So maybe the fighting was like them both just fantasizing about beating the shit out of each other. Um, which yeah. probably would have improved their relationship. Instead, yeah. uh, <laughs> instead, um, Finn has to leave. Fascinating. I think when Finn, like when Finn character took on this role as like the head of the glee club it was for convenience like maddie fresh was leaving the show for a short period of time to do something he was oh, i actually broadway. forgot that he was, was in a movie i was gonna say was he doing a broadway thing it was one of those and yeah. schuster the character was like in dc on that panel mm-hmm. or music teachers or whatever so finn was in the position because Glee needed someone to be in that position. But I feel like over the course of the season, I mean, we've now had 15 episodes of him in this role and it's clearly become something that 
makes sense for his character. They really yeah. haven't done anything else with him for 15 episodes. Also, I think it did. It, it was a natural choice. Like, if there was going to be a character stay behind in a mentor role, I think that was a good one. Like, yeah. They could have gone far with it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, thinking I, mean, I would have said just wave bye bye to Maddie Fresh, let <laughs> Will and Emma get married and move away. Yeah, that's so true. They could have definitely done that instead. And I guess they were like, okay, this part of Finn's character arc is over, whether it was because there wasn't big enough, there wasn't room enough for two like show choir directors. I don't know. When I was in marching band, we had like three directors, you know, like you have a director and like they have like co-people. So I don't know. I guess I think this was them, of course, setting Finn up for the next step. Yeah. Um, And when he talks to Marley, like she comes to uh, Finn and gives him a thank you card and says something to him. Now I'm blanking on what she says. Something She's basically like... um, this is dumb and you shouldn't leave. But um, she's the one who says, like, you could go get a teaching degree. Like, if this is what you want to do, like, you can go to college and become a music teacher. Um, so I think that's kind of the glee writers saying the quiet part out loud, which is like, that's what he's going to do next is go to college. But we already have some people at college, some people not at college. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A school question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, skipping ahead some episodes, of course, like that um, storyline never pans out because um, Corey Monteith is -hmm. no longer Earthside. So it's just interesting to me that this would be the way to play Finn out. I know it's not what they intended at the time, but what ended up being is that this is kind of like the conclusion of Finn's storyline and him kind of going out on a low, which is yeah, sad which to is think about. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Especially because he and Will never really become friends again. Yeah, they they didn't quite have like get the time to wrap that storyline up the way I'm sure they thought they would. Right. And I, this is where I'm like, Ryan Murphy never went to college. I mean, he might have, but mm-hmm. not a regular one because um, it takes a long time to actually finish a degree and they keep just wanting people to come back to the choir room so quickly. Yeah. So even if he was going to college and completing his degree, like, how could he have stayed a main character if he's not at McKinley and he's not in New York? I don't know. I, I feel like the only way that could have worked, and this would have required them to clarify some things about Glee Club, is if Glee were an after-school activity <laughs> <laughs> and Finn were taking classes at, like, a community college nearby. See, that makes sense. I think there was an episode recently where they did say it was after school. Okay, see, that that might have worked. I mean, it still would have been a stretch, though. But there's so many episodes, I feel like, where they're in Glee Club wearing some outfit, and then they're in the hallway wearing the same yeah. outfit, like, it's the same day. So, yeah. 
frustrating. I don't know. They don't they don't do timelines. They don't do consistency. <laughs> I think it just depends on who writes what episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just they all have different opinions on when glee takes place during the day. <laughs> all right. Um do do we want to get into the blob? The blob. Blob um, 2.0. Blob 2.0. Yes. So where we are is Ryder helped Jake with his Valentine's Day stuff for Marley. And then Jake was like, yeah, so we're going to have sex. And Ryder was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't help you do that so you could bone her. But, of course, Marley can speak up for herself and was like, no, I don't want to have sex. But, like, all this stuff was nice and, like, I love you. And Jake was like, oh, okay. So Jake and Marley in love. But then Ryder kissed her. Yeah. He's like, I'm the one who did all the Valentine's Day stuff. And actually, I like you. Kisses her. Um, Marley immediately goes to Jake and is like, this happened. He kissed me. Um, they have a little conversation in this episode where he's basically like, you shouldn't have even let him think that kissing you was an option, which I'm like. I kind of wanted to a, slap him during that yeah, scene. What a fucking like male thing to say. I was like, oh, she's no, supposed to sir. control what someone else thinks. And also, why is it her responsibility? Yes, it was very like, mm, what were you wearing type of um, yeah. angle. And, logic, and I hated that. Um, but I think Marley did a good job kind of putting him in his place of being yeah. like, you know. Um, I'm nope. in a relationship with you and yeah. that means that like I can talk to whoever I want to talk to and I'll keep being honest with you about stuff and you know, and I so like that she pointed out the double standard that like yeah, yeah girls are gonna like flirt with him too yeah and he, she was like do you like turn down turn away like girls who try to flirt with you and he couldn't say that he does so yeah you Jake um Marley's doing high schoolers yeah and that's what they do yeah and Jake was always like Still is, I'm sure, like, the the bad boy, like... Yeah, the, the Puckerman. The Puckerman, exactly. Um, so, at the same time, Ryder is... Don't know how he met this person, but is in the library, like, chatting. This is, like, it looks like MSN chat or something. Yeah. Um, with a girl named Katie. Did Ryder use the same app that Blaine met? Oh my god! <laughs> light light post on. Booked her on Facebook, and then she, <laughs> they took it over to the AIM. Like I know it was just—it's so funny because every time they show him messaging her, he's in the library. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like a strange choice. Very weird, and I, I was like, "Wow, this was really." outdated honestly for there to only yeah. be computers in the library and for the only way to message someone to be on a computer um, I mean I, I think it was outdated for the era that it aired in exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah we we definitely texted people at that point yeah <laughs> I don't know. like I, iPhones had already been invented yeah yeah and like I it didn't have like an iPhone for a bit but I definitely had mm -hmm. Um, like an iPod touch where I could like yeah. message people or like be on the internet. And I also had a personal laptop. Like I don't know why he's like in the library. Um, I even had a personal desktop like years before this. Like I'm like, you, you can't message her at yeah. home. 
<laughs> um, I know, so strange. I, I did like the part where he was like, she was typing and he was looking around and like one of the people typing was like the librarian. I was like, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> yeah. Katie turned out to be the librarian. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better. Um, that would have been yeah. better. Um, because uh, Ryder is talking to Katie about what's going on in the Glee Club, including his feud with Unique. Um, and the feud, I mean, truly centers around the fact that Unique wants to be seen as a woman and mm-hmm. respected as a woman by him. And he is playing the whole, oh, I'm so confused, it's so hard, card. Um, just like, just, again, wanted to slap him in that scene. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Um, and this was, I, I have to like keep reminding myself, like this was the best transgender representation on TV by far at the time. It's so stupid that it's true. So like it's true. It's, it's horrible that it's true. He knows they fucked it up, which is why what yeah. happens in six happens, but like they don't even give Unique the language to really talk about her experience um in a way that and i don't think she like owes that to writer but i think like if you're going to be having this after school special kind of plot line as they like to have mm-hmm. like i feel like you have a responsibility to give your audience a clear delineated like writer is the one in the wrong unique is the one in the right and she is very clear about who she is and like her experiences I mean, not to mention that Unique gets like um, almost, I was going to say gay bash, that's obviously not the right word here, but almost gets like, (laughs) um, like definitely verbally assaulted for her, what she wears um, by some random bully girls we never see again. Um, But they're, they're, they're reinforcing that Unique is going through some sort of like, like physical, um, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, like trials, suffering basically for this decision to be presenting as a woman and to be called unique. Um, and one thing that Ryder brings up is like, well, you just dressed as a boy yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And I just hate that. I hate that Glee gave him that power and didn't give, like, I feel like Unique's like viewpoint is always just kind of like I'm who I am and I don't need to explain myself to you. Yes, queen. Totally agree with that. However, for the audience, <laughs> I feel like it was irresponsible of them to put such a plot line out without being more specific and delineated and having more people on unique side. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they were shooting over this is shitty, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> like it yeah, never it should shouldn't. It shouldn't even be a feud, yeah. Why is it on the same level as, like, Finn and Will or the other people, like, who had some, like, petty interpersonal things, basically, at the end of the day? Like, we're talking about Unique's safety as a trans person. And I feel like they gave Ryder a lot of airtime to, like, talk shit also. Like, transphobic shit. 
it, it reminded me a lot of Finn's speeches that he yes. got, like toward Kurt. The home. This was like the transphobic version of yes, Finn's the faggy lamb focusing there. Yes, yeah, a thousand percent. And like, I don't know. It's, it was so. I will say it seemed perfectly realistic for the attitudes at right. the time, and, and frustratingly enough, even now, from a lot of people, right. just like I don't get it. This isn't something that I can empathize with. So, right. like, whatever, pick one or whatever. Right. And I think he even said, like, it's, I'm so confused. It's so hard. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, type of attitude. And it's like, there's nothing for you to get. Yeah. You don't have to. It doesn't to, matter if actually. you do it or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's about respecting another person as a human being. And I wish that Glee had gone that one extra step. Yeah. Because it really paints Ryder as like, oh, poor me. I'm just so confused. And this is all new and unique, you know, being like, I don't have to explain anything to you, which, like I said, totally valid. But for an audience puts unique in the position of like, well, she's just a bitch type thing. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, yeah. Unique shouldn't have any of the like responsibility in the feud there. It's just unique being attacked yeah and i hated that but in order to work out their feud which once again the feud is Ryder refuses to call unique a woman they sing the bitch is back slash dress you up because apparently elton john and madonna had a few like a decade or was something? unaware of that no idea that's that's where i think we're both like too young yeah. <laughs> to know that yeah that one that one was new to me um the mashup worked less than the insane backstreet boy one but i think more than some of the others yeah yeah i didn't so. like it but as a mashup it definitely it wasn't the worst yeah i was just mad about the whole storyline so i wasn't inclined to give that song a lot of credit but it definitely wasn't the worst a thousand percent i think um the tempos matched which i think is the the best thing about that mashup like the tempos matched and made more sense um i didn't like that they picked the bitches back for writer (laughs) obviously like they're not saying writer specifically talking about unique when he says the bitches back but like Mm -hmm. uh, using a, a female gendered I was going to say slur. I guess it's not slur, but yeah, whatever the word is, you know? Yeah. It's like, mm. (laughs) and then unique, he just has to be, you know, like ignoring it, just singing her part of the song, acting like nothing's bothering her when it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was weird that Ryder was like playing drums the whole time. Yeah. I hate when they stage people like that. It's weird. Like, sometimes I wonder if it's, like, referential to whatever the original, like, music video or what is, but I don't Mm. think that was. That's a good point. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. (laughs) I guess uh, they didn't. I I feel like maybe at the end of the day, it's that um, they don't know what to do with Ryder. He can't really do (laughs) it. We gotta have him do something. Yeah. And when Finn used to do just, like, a stand and sing, he would do a bunch of fun funny like hand movements and stuff mm-hmm. so <laughs> maybe even Ryder's not even capable of that 
Jake Blinner can go to hell. So yes, yeah, yeah, and and so with the help of Katie, who he you know messages and is like, well, I don't, I still don't get it. Like blah blah blah, um, and she comes back with some perfect little um like metaphor that suddenly makes him understand why unique wants to be respected as a person and that really pissed me off yeah um that was truly this cherry on top of the shit sunday was like no he can't get it when the person yeah who's transgender is telling him no it has to come from a third party from from some blonde white girl he's madly yeah. in love with, metaphorically, letting him know I was, ugh. and then after that, Ryder's like, I, I think I I want to meet you. Like I'm over Marley. Like let's meet. And then Katie logs off mysteriously. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm sure everyone watching it back then was also dying to know. <laughs> yeah, like we were so invested. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not much more to say here without spoiling future storylines, except that, like, yeah, it's just really shitty that he needed a, you know, presumably white, blonde, cis woman to yep. explain to him why he should respect a black trans woman. That pissed me off. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Is that all? Is that everything about the blood? That's yeah. I think that's all of Lima. There I wasn't. Oh well. Wait. Wait. Oh, no. and Blaine. Blaine. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, we, I saved baby Blaine for last. Yes. Um, well, for last of Lima because yeah. this storyline is f- funny. Actually, this is the only good one based in Lima. Is Aaron Christian some really good acting in this episode. Yes. He pulled it out. I'm proud of him. Yeah. So, um, feud week is going on. Blaine. Uh, it's called into Sue's office and she's like, hmm, you signed up for the Cheerios and then you never came to practice again. And he's like, yeah, I just signed up because like Glee Club got dissolved for like a week and then it came right back. So like, I'm not doing Cheerios anymore. And she pulls out a contract and is like, no, you signed this. It says that like, I own your ass basically. Um, so funny. And so she's like, well, you have to rejoin the Cheerios. Like I have this contract and he, they basically take it to a, a feud off, a mash off, where whoever wins their mash off um, will decide if Blaine like joins the Cheerios again or if Sue has to let him go. And to bully him into this, she also has what is she? There's the sky writing, but the oh, um, Becky gives him the hair gel, but it's cement. Oh, cover boy hair gel. It's cement. <laughs> That was his acting really was like over the top and perfect with the show there. His eyes were bulging out. I loved it. And then she hires a skywriter and it says Blaine is on the bottom. (laughs) Which we we all know was supposed to say Blaine is a bottom, but they weren't allowed to do that. Exactly. And they say something later about like him being on the bottom of the pyramid. So it's a little wink wink nudge nudge. But (laughs) Um, uh, my favorite line. I'll just say now is when he's like, and it's not even true. Not really. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us more. Tell us more, Blaine. So funny. Um, 
So they decide to um, do the musical feud of Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey, which I also didn't know had a feud. Yeah. It must have flown under the radar. I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the mash, the mashup is the worst one of the episode by it's far. Horrible. And, and I guess it, it turns out that Blaine like threw it, like he lost on purpose yeah. because he's trying to like infiltrate the Cheerios to take down Sue, which I think is an unnecessary storyline. But I see them trying to wrap up Lima, mm-hmm. and then they unwrap it up, of course, in season yeah, six. But <laughs> in the wrap up of Lima, it's like okay, yeah, Sue is you know, the worst part of McKinley. And if they're going to leave McKinley forever, then they need to leave it like better than they found it. Um, yeah. So I see that, but um, Blaine just is in his little sweater singing a song with some little step touch choreography. And then Sue busts in and she's like full Nicki Minaj costume, wig, Cheerios, black lights, confetti, and, uh, the, full, the full Sue amount of extra that we would expect. <laughs> and uh, she does a pretty damn good job with Super Bass. Yeah. I was impressed. Um, Super Bass is one of my favorite Nicki Minaj songs. And like, that, that is the frustrating part about it being such a bad mashup. Because individually, yeah. like, they're fine. They just didn't mash up. <laughs> just the two songs didn't go together at all. No. And... Like I said, part of it was, you know, Blaine is throwing it on purpose, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I get that. But if you're going to let Darren sing, let him sing, damn it. Yes. Then the last thing in Lima is they uh they have an ending group song for some reason. I don't I don't know why they bothered to put that in. Except that I, I think at this point in the show they were like, we must always end with a group song on the stage. I mean, that is... Um... That is their tradition. I was trying to get a better word than tradition. No, I know what you mean, though. Um, they do. Um, they sing "Closer" by Tegan and Sarah, which both Mandy and I forgot was a Tegan and Sarah yeah. song. We're <laughs> I didn't add being gays today. Um, they do like they're like hugging at the end, and I feel like they oh they bring up that like the seniors are going to graduate, and so like they need to step up for the glee club i don't remember now mm-hmm. <laughs> um one thing that the glee wiki pointed out was that they mentioned like the seniors that are going to graduate and they don't mention sugar or joe yeah <laughs> um so although joe was a sophomore when he was introduced Oh, I see. When Ryder mentions that they're going to be the ones in charge when the other graduates, he never mentions Joe and Sugar. Okay. Yeah. So Joe and Sugar, I guess, should have both been juniors this season. Um, well, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, they all get written out anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty's the only one who survives that bloodbath. I think that's pretty much it for Lima. Uh, so we have closed out the Finn and Will feud. Finn is on to new things. We are opening up this storyline of Ryder texting this girl, Katie, who he now is all in for when he was just in love with Marley, like last episode. Yeah. 
And Blaine is now going back to the Cheerios, which we all stand him being <laughs> yes. in a little uniform. He I looks mean, so stylish in it. Like, I was going to say, if that was just like a convoluted way to get him back in the uniform, I applaud it. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Thank you, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. Yes. Um, and yeah, and the Glee Club is looking forward to regionals and also the seniors graduating. So now New York opens with, last episode ended with Rachel Santana calling out Rachel for having a pregnancy test. This episode opens with Rachel coming out of the clinic saying, I'm not pregnant. It's fine. It's, it's such a shitty, like, resolution to such, like, I, I will, I'll say good buildup. Yeah. Like, really, we're just, just, no. Just immediate, like, nah, never mind. Right, not pregnant. You couldn't have even, like, thought it maybe was true for a little bit longer. Yeah. I just an episode of Rachel trying to figure out how she yeah, was still going to yeah. achieve stardom. Like with, yeah, with a kid considering like what she would do if she was pregnant, I totally agree. Like, why bring it up just to cut it right off like that? Yeah. Made me sad because I think there was a lot of potential there for just like something interesting. I mean, I don't trust Glee to do like an abortion storyline, but I think yeah. an abortion storyline is better than a school shooting storyline. Personally, really, like Glee did a lot of things we didn't trust them to do, and it didn't yeah. stop them. So, yeah. so. <laughs> so um santana after being like well great you're not pregnant but like don't you want to like rethink your life <laughs> because like you almost you know just had this big life-changing thing like doesn't that make you think about other things in your life that you want to change um aka santana is anti-brody number one yeah. <laughs> um which i have to agree with santana he's been real sketchy yeah. He sat in Kurt's chair ass naked. <laughs> and I've disliked him since. <laughs> also, they should just trust Santana. She says it yeah. in the episode. Like, she's better at reading people than they are. Which is totally true. true. Um, I did appreciate Santana in this episode. Is like, Kurt and Rachel are my family. And, like, I want to mm. do, you know, I'm taking, I'm protecting them and, like, taking care of yeah. them. And I feel like Rachel and Kurt did not appreciate that about her. They didn't. They really took that i mean for granted basically which i get on some level because she did like just like go through all their stuff and <laughs> literally was stealing their stuff actually and she's like living in their house without paying rent and just kind of showed up at their door like i get it but she's clearly trying to look out for rachel yeah like, the fact that neither of them were that sketched out by him, like, having a wad of cash in another phone, it's like, he, Brody says he was a cater waiter on the side. What? Why would you need another phone? And why would you get a and wad of cash? I was going to say, cater waiters don't get tipped that well. Not at all. Maybe if he had a wad of ones, but it was not a wad of ones. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, we cut away to Brody working his mysterious other job um and apparently there is a hotel in new york where just a bunch of 40 50 60 something ladies hang out and uh meet their male escorts and brody and all the male escorts and all their ladies do a cover of how to be a heartbreaker 
which I love Marina and the Diamonds. And I'm so sad this is the only song they ever covered. And it's a really Oh, is it? Yeah. To be fair, this is her only song that, like, made, like, the top 40, you know? So I'm sure they wouldn't have ever done anything else. But she has such a good discography. And this song is not – this cover does not do it justice. At least in the show, they don't use the part where he's like, at least I think I do. (laughs) It sounds like fucking goofy in the recording. Um, So they don't use that part. Um, But then it's also a duet. So Rachel comes in um, singing the slow part, thinking about her relationship with Brody. So Brody is a male escort, which is a totally fine thing to be, Glee. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much judgment over it. And again, we're asking a lot of Glee. Um, right. Who likes to 13, talk but... about the big... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, okay. Yeah, he was a male escort, but he was making bank. He was paying his rent on time. Uh. He even says in the episode, like, I'm not proud of it. Like, they really made him, you know, say all the things you're supposed to say. Mm. And still just, like, vilified him for it in, like, six different ways in this episode. Which fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't remember loving Brody the first time. But I definitely have a lot more sympathy for him this time. Yeah, He kind of just got, like, screwed over. Like, yeah, maybe be honest yeah just from a sexual health perspective yeah no totally but aside from that like dude didn't really do anything wrong no you're so right if glee had focused more on like hey he um basically lied to rachel or like you know lied by omission to rachel and was like just you know untruthful in a way that she couldn't stay with him because like and she could have even, like, validated his feelings. Like, yes, I understand why you kept this a secret. Like, I understand that mm-hmm. it's something that society shames people for. But I no longer want to be in this relationship because you kept this from me. And then I ended up pregnant. And, like, I don't even – or yeah. could have been pregnant. And, like, I don't even know you. Like, we could have been parents together. Like, that would have made sense to me. But instead, it is just all around Santana being like, you're a liar and you're a, like, you're a bad person, basically, for this. And it's like, yeah. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he did a bad thing yes. by not telling the truth. But you're just, the whole episode is just pushing that, like, a male escort is a bad person for yeah, being like, inherently, escort. he is doing something wrong just for the way he is earning money. Exactly. And it's like there's a laundry list of shit that Brody didn't do well. Like we don't, this didn't have to be like the the nail in the coffin. (laughs) It's fucked up that it is. Um, So we have Santana, like basically getting kicked out by Kurt and Rachel. Yes, because she's pushing for them to like kick Brody out. Yeah. Um. But then she ends up at Niada. 
to confront Brody in the dance class and sing Cold Hearted Snake by Paul Abdul. Yes. Which just like hands down like favorite song of the episode. A hundred percent. So it's like I fucking hate the storyline, but I also yeah. love that Santana got to sing this song. So yeah. typical I mean, any, any Santana solo just like gold. But so good. So good. This, this was good too. Yeah. Oh. It was just really good, well done song. Choreography was fun. And I also like I really appreciate it. I'm just gonna like gush about Naya a bit here. Um, she acts so well through her singing too, because not all of them on the show can do that that well. That's so true. Like sometimes when they're singing, they're just singing and they're relying on like huge gestures to get the acting across as they're singing. Uh, she's just really good at being like a good actress while she's also doing a song. That is such a good point. Like, I know that Naya was like in the recording booth mm-hmm. with the face and the gestures. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. She's so good. Um, I'm glad that it was fun to see her at Niata. I don't think Santana yeah. would ever want to go to Niata, but no. I think it would be interesting if she was like going on auditions or something. Like you don't have to have a degree to just go on auditions. But instead she's like, you know, she says she got a job at like some sort of restaurant or something yeah. in this episode. So like clearly she's not pursuing like acting or singing um in New York. But I think that would have been really interesting. I think some some episodes of her like going on auditions would be so funny. I would have loved that, yeah. Yeah. That would have been good. I feel like there should have been more episodes like that in New York. Like, how funny if just Santana, Kurt, and Rachel all went on, like, an audition together. <laughs> that would have been good. I would love that. We do. We, at least we have the whole, like, diner storyline coming up, right? Yes. No, I am excited about that. That's, yeah. I'm looking forward to enjoying that. Yeah, I think Lee ultimately just other storylines. Yes, that they needed to like put all three of them in the same place. Um, yes. But I think it's going to be fun um, to rewatch. That is something I'm looking forward to. Um, and so the Brody storyline kind of ends with Santana showing up to the fancy hotel where the um, ladies are. And um, I don't know how she gets into this person's hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Because she just like conspires with some lady to get Brody to show up to the hotel room and she's there instead. And then surprise, Finn's there for some I, reason. I have, I have to admit, I absolutely forgot the end of this episode. And yeah. I was like, ooh, who's listening? Is it Rachel? Is it floored? I was like, what the fuck is Finn? completely. He packed his shit up at, yep. at McKinley and went to New York to beat up Brody. Um, okay. Um, and it's like I see what they're doing like they were moving back towards you know Finn and Rachel getting back together Mm -hmm. or something but it's like Rachel can fight her own battles she doesn't need Finn lurking in the shadows with his fist you know to take care of things also like if Rachel fully informed still made the decision to keep dating Brody then okay (laughs) like give her that choice I don't think she would just based on how close-minded her character can be. But that's her decision, actually. 
Well, I, Santana like took the decision away from her because yeah. if, if Rachel had been the one in the bathroom, then she would have mm-hmm. seen with her eyeballs like, okay, this this is what Brody's really doing. Yeah. Santana's not just making this up. Like, and she could have confronted him of like, why didn't you tell me? Like, you've kept yep. this secret from me that impacts me, and that like. And then she could have told him, like, I thought I was pregnant. Like, all that stuff. That would have been so much more interesting than just Finn coming in, like, punching in the face. And then, if I remember right, like, Rachel never even really finds out. Like, Brody just breaks up with her and moves out. Yeah, I think so. Like, like, doesn't actually tell her anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which I hated. Like, really, like, it should be, like, her and her alone deciding the future of that relationship. Yeah. Instead, like, Santana and Finn, like, made decisions for her. And that fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I think they come, like, you brought up before, like, they kind of come at this whole angle of, like, I know more than you, like, Santana being, like, I get you. I can read people better than you, whatever. And it's, like, sure, totally. But, like, that doesn't mean you can make decisions for other people. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I love Santana, but I, I also do feel like it was in character for her to be True. just kind of, like, brash and... Um, a little bit of a shitty friend, even in the name of trying to be a good friend. No, that's so true. But it's like, what did Rachel learn? <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. So. We don't need people helping Rachel to learn nothing. She does that, like, plenty when she has all of the information available. Exactly. God. So, that's the end of Brody. Yep. And basically the end of this episode, right? Like, and basically the end of the episode, yep. Yeah. That's everything I had written down. Yeah. It happens. I mean, the most interesting parts for me were definitely just, like, Santana as a character overall, even when doing bad things, and Blaine in the Cheerios outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so young Burt Reynolds. Qualities. Young Burt Reynolds. Yep. Okay, well... I was going to say, looking forward to these storylines, I can't say that I am. Um, But I do like that this episode kind of weaved in, like, some endings of things, some beginnings of things. (laughs) So, Mandy, uh, what was your favorite line from this episode? Um, Santana's whole speech, where she starts out with Olsen. I'm not going to quote the whole thing, because it's, like, multiple lines long. But she calls them the Olsen twins. (laughs) (laughs) uh and then talks about how like she has known them for years and likes them 90 percent of the time uh but they make her teeth hurt and her breasts ache with rage (laughs) that's also the same part where she calls them her family so yeah it's just a lot of quality santana lines all packed together yes no i really liked that one um and I said earlier that I liked um, Blaine's like response to the sky sky banner thing oh, yes. writing, but yeah. um, I also I just saw on the Glee wiki. I love when they kick Santana out and she like storms out the door. And Rachel says, "I'm pretty sure she stole my comforter." And Kurt's line, his delivery of yeah, "bitch took my pillow," is one of the <laughs> yes. best. That's like, good. Yeah, his call a master. I appreciate him. Um. Well, I don't even have to ask what our favorite song is, but we should just say it for posterity. And what was your favorite song? Cold Hearted. Do 
Cold Hearted Stank was by far the best song in this episode. And I'm going to go rewatch it after we finish recording because it was yes. really good. And I, I will, to be fair to the episode, I will also say a favorite actual mashup. And yes. that is Bye Bye Bye. And I want it that way. Agreed. Strong agreed. That was the best mashup in this episode by far. Like um, I think that and Cold Hearted, only two songs from the episode I wouldn't skip if came up on my playlist. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would really just do the mashup to sing along with it. <laughs> Not because it's <laughs> that good. Yes. Well, um, my uh, Tin Hat moment is I think they wrote this whole episode just to do that mashup. That's my thought. <laughs> I, I can, yeah, I can believe it. Because, I mean, Will in the curly hair and the Justin Timberlake of it all, like, yeah. totally. <laughs> and I love when the Glee Boys do a boy band moment. It's cute. Yeah. Um, and so what was um, th- that thing I liked, that thing you liked? Oh, Santana. Yeah. Just, just Santana. Yeah. Also, the, con- the continued nickname, Young Burt Reynolds from Sue for Blaine. Also, Tina's moment where, like, <laughs> Sue, Sue's like, why are you even here? And Tina's like, you you called me. I love that. Because <laughs> like, Tina poor Tina. Also- but it's also quintessential Tina. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, Tina. Um, I did like that Tina was the only one who voted for Blaine to win the mash off. Yes. <laughs> oh, she's this. And what does Sue call her hag for life or something? Yeah. That was funny. Um, yeah. I mean, justice for Tina. She should actually get screen time and, um, you know, yeah. plots. But I appreciate the comedy that she brings. Um Oh God, I, I, I'm going to back up for just a second and yes, also please. say that I didn't love this line, but more like it stuck in my head. Like yeah. as soon as we started talking, I remembered the line where she's saying she needs like a sexually non-threatening gay to stare up at the cheerleaders' baby ovens. <laughs> yes, and feel like nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's true. I did like that. Um, where are we at now? Do we? I mean, Artie was barely in the episode, so our no Kevin McScale is real low, like 0.5. I don't even remember yeah. seeing him. Like, I know he's like, oh, I remember seeing him because they lift him out of, out the, of the chair. chair. And put him I was gonna say, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. The only scene I remember, they lift him out of the chair at the end of the I'm song. gonna say like 0.25, maybe because. We do remember once. We remembered one point two five Kevin's. Let me read yeah. <laughs> Poor Kevin. <laughs> Poor Kevin. You know, you can't you can't lead every episode, but it's really nothing at this point yeah. for him. Bless him. On the upside, I think our pain decks is pretty low too, because like there's, yeah. there's not enough Kurt and Blaine doesn't have a serious storyline, so Yeah. So zero on so, the pain decks. No pain. Yeah. That's good. We need to rest up for the pain to come. We're still coasting on the good memories of I do. That's right. So. That's right. They gave us a break. They gave us a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, alrighty. So that is our episode of um, season four, episode 16, Feud. And that's what you missed on Glee. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more, 
at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.